boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning to you on this first Saturday for May, the 4th of May. On today's show, Sandown's media manager, Michael Floyd, will join me to talk all things Speedstar. Sean Stanton, GRV's rehoming manager, is back this week to chat about the National Adoption Day last weekend. And Mark Richardson, who adopted a greyhound last year, joins me to chat about how it's all been going. What's making news around the kennels? The Warrnambool Cup was run and won on Wednesday night in what turned out to be quite an eventful race. Crimson Vixen was brilliant early and I'm sure some of the locals would have gone the early crow but it was dual group group one winner Dinah Patty who was too good in the end coming from off the pace. It's been a massive week of racing and trialling at Sandown this week and it's set to continue tomorrow with the Speed Star Series with a five race program of match races. The three main features are the Race Callers, the Bill Collins and the Lizreen. More shortly with Michael. The National Adoption Day was a resounding success for the second year with over 200 greyhounds nationwide adopted out. I'll have more shortly with Sean Stanton. The Meadows are trialling two new distances, 448 metres and 462 metres, with the view to race over the most successful one. Dogs will wear trial rugs with tracking devices, which will determine the best and safest starting point of the two distances. Trials won't be timed and will be run into the catching pen on Friday mornings. Track manager Corey Hiscock will be joining me on next week's show to talk in depth about the concept. Circle of Dreams took out the futurity at Albion Park on Thursday night for Angela Langton and participants can look forward to the reintroduction of a Tier 3 races this month with a review at the end of June. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. We have a big evening of racing coming up tomorrow at Sandown and joining me now is Sandown's media manager, Michael Floyd. Michael, the speed star tomorrow. Um, gee, it's come around quickly again, but how exciting. Good morning, Simone. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, look, it is as pure greyhound racing as you can see. Two dogs head-to-head in a match race, the fastest dog wins. And um, look, I love the Melbourne Cup. I love all the traditional races, but this is as exciting as you'll see. It's, uh, and this shapes up as possibly the most even Speed Star series we've run. And this is the eighth edition now, and uh, each one has proven to be more popular than the last. So uh, I'm sure tomorrow will be no different. Uh, it won't be. Let's take a look at the three main ones. Uh, race one on the program, the Race Caller Speed Star. There's one here, Ella Enchanted, and She Will Bloom which will go in the fourth match race. Um, look, there's not a lot between these two on their times that they've qualified in. It could be an interesting match race. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the whole series is very even in terms of qualification times. Of course, the Greyhounds qualify for the series based on their times at Sandown from the 1st of January this year. And Ella Enchanted and Sheila Bloom, I think you're right, this is probably the most uh, intriguing match race. Ella Enchanted ran second in this series uh, last September behind Tornado Tears, ran an exceptionally quick time that night. Unfortunately, ran into one uh, pretty good one yes. in Tornado Tears. But uh, I think it's Sheila Bloom here. Sheila Bloom's a, a Greyhound, I think, has an enormous upside. We saw it trial in the last trial session when it's qualifying time was 34 uh, 04. It was, um, the conditions on Sunday were a little bit blustery, um, particularly Gosh. for the same dogs and for the 595 <laughs> dogs. So I think she can take a couple of lengths off that, and if she can, she certainly comes in the mix. Eleven Shannon has gone uh, around 3380 last year when, uh, when it ran second in Tornado Tears. So I expect both of these dogs to go a little bit quick in their qualification times. And Eleven Shannon having drawn inside, it almost uh, seems counterintuitive in a way when you've got a match race, uh, only two dogs in less than appearance. But box position and track position is very, very important. I think that might be the deciding factor here. I thought the same thing, Mick. Um, Ella Enchanted, she's had four wins off box one. Um, she certainly does like to, or prefer, I, I guess, to be 
on the inside of the track. Um, she can be a little bit tardy early in a big field, but it's not going to matter really here so much. And I think that's what the intriguing part of these races are. Greyhounds that can find trouble, can be tardy early, may not have the speed if they're strong enough. They um, may get a good chance. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the, the motivating factors for creating the series in the first place. We just want to find which dog can run the fastest. And if you look through the honour roll, particularly over the sprint, uh, the type of dogs that have won the series in the past, Poker Bear, Bewildering, um, uh, Blazing Bomber and uh, Smart Missile, they're the sort of dogs that just need that little bit of room of box rise. And this format gives them that opportunity to show what they're capable of. Have you got an overall winner for the race callers? Um, I think Ellen Enchanted, purely off that box draw, I think um, on her absolute ability, I think she's the fastest, and I think that box draw will make it, uh, uh, I wouldn't say easier, but I think that really suits her as well. Uh, the two favourites are Blue Striker and Neo Cleo, they meet in the same match, but I just think Ellen Enchanted has that little bit of, uh, little bit of uh, extra speed over those two. Okay, the Bill Collins speed star over the 515 metres. Another one here that um, Lagoon Rhett, again, uh, match, match race four, Lagoon Rhett and eight ball, you've got the experience. Experience of Lagoon Rhett, who's run a 29.67 at Wentworth Park, up against Eight Ball that ran a 29.24 at only its tenth start last week. Um, how do you split these two? Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating race. The oldest dog in the series against the youngest dog. Oh, right. Lagoon Rhett is uh, he's mixed his uh, differences a little bit, and uh, obviously a, a seasoned campaigner in that top grade as well. Now Eight Ball is a real uh, uh, the real eye catcher, I guess, out of the mm. last trial session. We had 15 greyhounds trolling on that last trial session, trying to get their way into the speed star. And, uh, in race, uh, I think it was race four or race five uh, on the card. It's dogs that they've only had the nine starts coming the day upstaged a lot of them, and um, you know, it was a, a huge run, especially given the conditions. As I said, they weren't brilliant conditions for uh, fast times, but it's come out and run twenty nine twenty four, uh, and showed that um, you know it wasn't a fluke. There were signs in the previous starts uh, when it went twenty nine forty one that it had that ability, but yes. um, in terms of confidence and uh, and pure speed, I think he comes right into the mix here. Maybe not to win overall, but certainly in this match race, I think he's pretty good value. Oh, I thought the same thing. Around ten dollars at the moment, um, ran that five twelve. He's certainly a strong greyhound, and um, his box manners have improved his last two starts, eight balls. So they may improve again slightly. Who knows in this next match race? Um, have you got an overall winner for the Bill Collins, Mick? Yeah, it's pretty hard to go past the favourite midnight there. Uh, heard mm. her first look at the track. Um, 2970 yes. and they go much faster than that and she got a little lost around that first turn as well so I think just on that experience around or having that extra look at the track um, I think we'll find an extra length or two there and if, they, if she does well 2910 yeah that's the absolute elite dogs I can't see them going faster than her No and it was a like you mentioned her first start uh, six starts now for five wins in her career and um, certainly one of the least experienced but um, one with the Oh, just high speed, I guess. So, yeah, looking at, looking forward to the Bill Collins and to see what Midnight Midnight Adair might do. Finally, Mick, we have the Liz Reen over the 715 metres. And um, although we'll only talk about, again, one match race, of course, we've got Dinah Chancer who will contest this series as well. But let's have a look at Pepper Tide and Rajasthan. Um, Another two greyhounds here that are quite, well, one's quite experienced. Rajasthan has had 46 starts. Pepper Tide only 16. Was in the Zoom top, Pepper Tide, unplaced, but only lightly raced recently as well. But then you've got Rajasthan who um, ran that 34.30 over the 5.95 and then the trial in 42.10. And I think he can improve on that time. Yeah, no question at all. Uh, it's a really fascinating match race, as you said, the, the established type against the up-and-comer. And, um, look, Pepper Tide, uh, looking at its last start at the Meadows when it went 42.55, uh, leading most of the way, uh, is, is, is racing in good confidence. And that qualification time of 41.75 uh, is, uh, is certainly 
sharp enough to win this match. Rajasthan, um, don't read too much into the qualification time, 42-10. The conditions it got on Sunday were the worst. It did improve through the day, but the stays were the first ones up, so they certainly copped the worst of it. I'd expect a fair bit of improvement from there. And um, Looking at its form prior to that, uh, you know, a 42-20 at the Meadows, uh, over the 700 and then butted up with a, a pretty slick run at Sandown over mm. 595. The dog does look pretty well placed here. And uh, it's interesting to see when the market's first one up for the overall winner of this series that uh, Rajasthan over at $12 and that was gobbled up very, very quickly. Right. Uh, is now, it was in $6 quick smart. So um, plenty of support there and obviously some punters out there think he's got a bit more upside as well. And Dinah Chancer, um, you're putting him on top, no doubt? Um, yeah, I'm actually wavering a little bit. Okay. Uh, all the conjecture leading into the series is which way Dinah Chancellor or Corey Grenfell will take Dinah Chancellor. He's top of the leaderboard for both the 595 and the 700. He's gone for the 700 here, and I don't think he could have drawn a worse dog with Boom Down uh, in that <laughs> same match. Um, Boom Down is a, the opposite type, of, uh, opposite type of runner. He'll drop out. Typically in a field, you'll drop out and run on strong. Um, interesting that both these Greyhounds set a qualification time in the same race back at Sandown in March, but uh, um, yeah, Dinah Chance was out in front that day. Boomdown was taking good ground off late, although Dinah Chance did key again. I'm actually leaning towards Boomdown. Okay. Um, I think Dinah Chance might just be a fraction short for mine, but uh, Boomdown around $6. I think the winner of the series will come out of that match, and I think Boomdown might just sit a little bit closer and, uh, and be, be too strong at the end. Oh, well, um, all will be revealed tomorrow night, Mick. Uh, thanks for joining us. I know there's uh, plenty more media about this in the lead-up and over the weekend, but uh, looking forward to this Speed Star Series again. And congratulations to you and Sandown. A terrific effort. Thanks, Simone. It is a fantastic night of racing, so make sure if you can't get to the track, make sure you're tuning in and uh, take uh, enjoy all the action. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And joining me now is GRV's rehoming manager, Sean Stanton, for the second week in a row. Good morning, Sean. Uh, good morning, uh, Good news from last weekend's adoption day, or last week's Sunday. Um, nationwide, over 200 greyhounds were adopted out. Yeah, it was our second ever National Greyhound Adoption Day, and we had our part of it held out at the Meadows Racetrack. And yes, we had 71 greyhounds out of 75 find their forever home, um, surpassing our, our figure last year of, uh, of 68. Right. Oh, terrific statistics. I mean, when you think it's one breed of dog and um, the message is really getting out there and it's not just here in Victoria, um, are the other states as thrilled with their results as well? Yeah, certainly. I think um, we're obviously always wanting to do more than what we did the previous year and unfortunately we, we fell marginally short on a national front. But like you touched on, to get over 200 greyhounds in one single day into their forever homes was a, a, a terrific result. And obviously this year was our second ever National Greyhound Adoption Day and we're hoping to build on that again next year. And no doubt it will because these things sometimes take a little bit of time to get some traction and get the message out there. And we've been doing it for a long time now in Victoria, but some of these other states are relatively new to these adoption days. And um, I guess for them, the logistics and working out what the best venue and um, how to market it properly is still something that they're working on. And we're no different. We've obviously been doing this for a number of years now, but most adoption events, we always sort of tweak it slightly to get it to improve it a little bit. And I think we're at a point now that we've got it just about right. And the good thing is the other states, we obviously bounce off one another. We're all obviously trying to achieve the same outcome. Mm. So we obviously pass on what we've learnt and, and they obviously implement that. So, yeah, it's baby steps. As I said, we really want to get this up and making it a, an annual event. So hopefully we'll, we'll be running another one next year. Well, you've had two down, so it sort of sets a bit of a precedence now, doesn't it? 
It certainly does, and as I said, and, and the results have been great. Our attendance on the day was huge. Um, we had a lot of people who didn't actually come to adopt on the day. They wanted to learn more about the breed, and I think as a result of that, um, we've seen that there's been a, a bit of a, an increase in applications, and the pleasing part was out of the 75, unfortunately, four didn't find their homes on the day, but a couple of them have since been adopted, which is a, a great result. Oh, that's excellent. Now, I was going to ask you about that with the, with the majority of people there just finding out a little bit more about the breed and it's a perfect way to do it um, because you get to speak firsthand to a number of different people, don't you? Not just um, It's not just one source of information. You've got people there that have fostered the dogs or people have been working with them, people know the breed. So it gives the public a, a really good sense of what um, it involves owning a pet greyhound. Yes, certainly right. And it was really well marketed by, obviously, um, GRV and GAP the day. And we had a lot of volunteers on hand. So I reckon there were half the people there were, were there to adopt and the other half was simply there to learn more about the breed and interact with the greyhounds. And, and like you said, we had staff on hand. We had people who have adopted previously and, and our volunteers. I can't thank them enough. The support they give our program is phenomenal. I think it comes from a passion, Sean. It's one of those things. <laughs> you know the breed of greyhounds. It's uh, very hard to just walk away from them. Um, it becomes ingrained. And when you're very passionate about a particular breed of dog, you want to see what's best for it and for the future of the greyhound. So um, that's, I think, where the volunteers are probably happy to stick their hands up. They can't, they can't uh, sign up quick enough, to be honest, for these <laughs> events. Simone, they, uh, as soon as we, we make them aware that we've got an event coming on, uh, they're first to put their hands up and, and jump on board. And again, I, the support, we, we would have close to over 300 volunteers wow. that volunteer in various ways at GAP. And um, the guys that came out on, on Sunday, it was um, an, an amazing day. And, and without their support and help, we, we wouldn't have been able to achieve what we did. And so the kennels at Seymour now, Sean, is there, a, not, I wouldn't say a shortage of dogs, but are you replenishing stocks now, getting some more greyhounds through the program um, to be rehomed, or is there still a number there for adoption at the moment? Yeah, there's still a number of greyhounds there for adoption, and we probably, on an average, we bring in between 30 and 40 greyhounds a week. So there's no shortage of greyhounds in the program. So if if you missed out Sunday or you're not ready to adopt just yet, there are dogs coming in all the time, so there's no shortage of dogs looking for homes. No, there isn't. I've got one that's um, going to get assessed in a couple of weeks, and um, he's not worried about the cat, so that's a really good thing, particularly when I've got five at home that walk around him. So, um, yeah, so looking forward to having one of ours go through the program as well. Thanks so much again for joining us, Sean, and congratulations last weekend on all your efforts and everybody else's efforts um, to have such a, a wonderful day and outcome for our greyhounds. Oh, thanks again, and thanks again for all your support. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And joining me now on Talking Greyhounds, my final guest for the show is Mark Richardson, who adopted a greyhound last year at one of the adoption days. And um, to say he's got a little bit of a love affair happening with Honey is probably an understatement. But Mark, great to have you on the show this morning. Thanks, Simone. Great to be here. Oh, look, I, I've loved um, seeing and hearing about these stories of Honey. Um, I think she must be one of the luckiest dogs in the world. But can you just tell us it all started last year at the Adoption Day at the Meadows? It did, yes. Um, we, uh, we went along to the Community Day um, purely with the intent of, of trying to understand a little bit more about greyhounds and get to meet a few and chat to a few people. Um, and in doing that... Uh, I, I had a look at the dogs that were available that were coming up for option, and there was this one called Cass 
or Ballymac Checkered with her race name. Yes. Um, and I was totally taken with the idea of how they described her on the, um, on the adoption sheet. And that was that she was a little on the quiet side, a little reserved, um, um, but would make uh, a great companion to sit and watch, you know, uh, Netflix or whatever on the sofa. So, you know, I went very much with a view of... of um, trying to meet this one dog and see what, you know, a calmer, uh, more placid dog would be like. And we were lucky enough to be able to adopt her. Turns out she was a little bit timid as well, wasn't she? But um, through your care and, um, I guess, just patience, um, she's really started to come out of her shell and got a bit of a following on this Friends of Adoption program Facebook page. And um, (laughs) you've taken her swimming, you've taken her, well, she was at the vets the other day having corns removed and it's... I laugh, but it's not not funny, but you've got her feet taped up and bandaged up and you've been massaging them, and I think it's just absolutely delightful. <laughs> Look, um, I'm, I'm accused of having a bit of a love affair with a greyhound. It's, it's, it's probably pretty close to the truth. Uh, I, have, I have to tell you, um, taking her, uh, even just really taking her to experiences, because um, I was lucky enough to speak uh, to, speak to her trainer, Tess McPhee, um, not long after we first got her, because I wanted to understand a little more about, you know, what she was and what her nature was. And he told me that uh, both her and her sister from the litter, that he, he kept them both, um, were, were both very, I suppose aloof would be the right word. They were right. quite shy, quite retiring, um, fairly active as dogs, but, you know, like to keep their distance. And, you know, that, that appealed to me. It really did. It was... Uh, there was something actually sought out. Um, I, I feel as though dogs that are timid in nature and at the adoption days don't go running around and wag their tails with everyone and lick and jump up. I think the dogs that don't do that don't get much of a chance, uh, and I figured that she needed one. Now, particularly if you're looking for a family pet, you want a greyhound that, um, or a dog that probably is a little bit more outgoing, um, but in your situation where you've got grown-up children and it can be one-on-one, um, she probably, well, in the end, it's turned out to be a match made in heaven. But I did have a look at her race career, Mark, and um, she had three official race starts and three qualies. Um, she ran a 27.15 at sale when the time of the race was 25.53 and beaten 23 lengths. <laughs> Which direction was she running in? <laughs> well, yes, um, she did actually go across the line, so um, she just didn't want to be there at all, did she? She knew that there was something, a greater life for her ahead and that it was going to be, um, you know, she was a fate that she was going to meet you and you were going to take her home. And she's she just been wonderful. Has she exceeded any expectations you had of the breed? Every single expectation, to be honest, Simone. She um, uh, she is just an incredibly good-natured dog. She lets me do things that I've I've read in the forums, uh, you know, are difficult to do. Um, I brush her teeth on a regular basis, and she, you know, she's quite okay for me to do that. Uh, even this this recent episode with her paws, I, I thought, you know, being uh, uh, an untrained. Uh, you know, were a greyhound handler. Yeah. Uh, I thought that she was an early candidate for arthritis. Right. Because she would often walk with a limp and be very uh, unsure on her feet. Um, so, you know, to find out that it actually is corns and I can treat it with, with care and, um, you know, uh, good veterinary care through through Alistair at, uh, um, at the clinic. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, that it's... 
yet another thing, you know, I'm finding that I'm giving pedicures to a dog who's actually really enjoying it. <laughs> I bet she is. Now, just uh, quickly as well, Mark, um, you've done a little bit more research than just looking into a greyhound as a pet. You actually took it upon yourself to dismiss any propaganda you'd read or heard and went to Sandown to the races one night, didn't you? And you were pleasantly surprised. Look, I was. It's, uh, it's something that I firmly believe in, uh, in in every facet of my life, and that is to try to not make judgments on hearsay and just take a first-hand experience. And obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that are deadly against uh, you know, any form of, of you know betting on animal racing, and then there's you know those that that totally condone it. So I thought, well, you know, I'm I'm not going to go in either camp. I'm just going to go and have a look for myself. Purely for my self-interest, uh, I wanted to see how the dogs are treated and how they respond. Mm. I've had dogs my whole life, and I know what uh, I, I know what a dog looks like that doesn't that's being forced to do what it doesn't want to do. Yes, and uh, you know, I was lucky enough to go along to to Sandown one Thursday night and um, arrived early. Uh, I actually went with Noel from uh, Friends of uh, Friends of Gap. Yes, I've had Noel on the show, yep. Yeah, well, Noel, Noel was, was my guide, if you like. He took me through to all the various stages. And I have to tell you, to watch the lineup of dogs um, going you know, up the ramp to be inspected by the vet and then going into the cage to be weighed, each and every dog, and I would have watched maybe 20 or 30 dogs go through that process through the glass. Yeah. And, you know, the majority of them were wagging their tails. The majority of them were nuzzling up to the vet to get a bit of a pat. They all walked into the cage to be weighed, you know, sort of... Uh, it was wonderful to see. You know, the mm. dogs were there and they were enjoying themselves. Mm. You know, they looked they looked like uh, athletes getting ready to go and do something that they enjoy doing. Yeah. And it was such an eye-opener for me. Um, and, you know, I, I just wish that more people who adopt dogs would actually go and do the same thing. Because sometimes the understanding of what you've got at home now does come from their previous life as well. And um, look, hats off to you, Mark, for taking that initiative and making an informed judgment on what you've seen and not what you've just um, heard. Look, uh, we are going to have to cut it short, but it's been wonderful having you on the show this morning. And I really look forward to reading and seeing more of, excuse me, Honey and Your Antics because they are quite entertaining. (laughs) Look, it's my pleasure so much. It's been great to be on the show and just uh, talk a little bit about... uh, Our lovely honey. Yeah, no, she's well worth talking about. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Mark. Okay, thank you. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. Racing, Lucy's Milo came out okay. Crimson Vixen from Norma McCullough goes to the early lead, so the locals three in front. Lucy's Milo goes up to second, then Dinah Patty. Orson Allen's trapped deep on the track then. Moon Eleanor, well back was Whiskey Riot with the I Got It and Dinah Hunter around the corner. It's Crimson Vixen, the leader. On the outside, Dinah Patty's a big danger and looming up there was Lucy's Milo. Dinah Patty down the centre. It's Dinah Patty. Dinah Patty wins the cup, second Orson Allen. And she gets my win, uh, my run of the week, uh, a $7 winner there in the Warrnambool Cup on Wednesday night. Last week's dog to follow, Glorious, ran second at Sandown on Sunday. I had another greyhound also, Webleck Jack, who is in tonight's maiden final at the Meadows. Uh, He won his maiden in 29.87. He's in the final drawn box five. My dog to follow this week, I do have two again. Eight ball, ten starts for three wins and four placings. Ran a, ran a 29-24 at Sandown last Sunday and is in the speed start tomorrow. 
Also, Black Hornet, who's only lightly raced since its debut at Sandown in December, ran a 24-91 at Warrnambool on Wednesday night. It too is in the final this Wednesday and jumps from box one. My best bet is race five, number seven tonight at the Meadows to Witchery, down in grade after winning the launching pad. So from a, a series of group event to a grade five, I think it looks well drawn and I think it is the greyhound to beat. And plenty coming up again. The Sandown Speed Star tomorrow and the RSN Sandown Cup Heats are not too far away either. It's been another busy show, so until next week, you keep those tails wagging. We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.